Welcome to Modern Sign Books on Blog Talk Radio. If you're interested in what makes your favorite authors and collectors tick, then you'll love hearing what they have to say in our live interviews. Learn how they got started writing, the books and authors that inspired them, what they have in their personal collections, and much more. Meet today's hottest authors as they discuss their life and writing in revealing conversations with our book specialist, Roger Nichols. And find us at modernsignbooks.blogspot.com. Now sit back and enjoy a few minutes with Modern Sign Books. Here's Roger. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Roger Nichols. Our guest today is a grandmaster of mystery and suspense and just about everything else, if you think about it. He has been writing for a many, many decades, and his uh, series characters are wonderful, fully rounded, and just a lot of fun. Uh, our guest today is Lawrence Block. Good morning and welcome, sir. Well, thank you. A pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you know, you're known for is creating series characters, and each one of them has its own indefinable. You've got Keller, and you've you've got Tanner, and of course that guy they made the movie about not too long ago. Matthew Scudder, that would yes. be. <laughs> yes, indeed. How does how, I want to follow up on that? By the way, is there a second movie in the in the works? No, there's not. Um, the The film was uh, well received, but it it didn't do the kind of business that uh, is required in order to greenlight a, a sequel um, in uh, that industry. There are possibilities that there will be something further, possibly a TV movie, possibly even a TV series, but. Uh, Everything is um, uh, very unformed at this point. Yeah. I, I, I want to mention some of, some of the others uh, that... Uh, I have to tell you that I have enjoyed receiving your uh, monthly uh, email newsletter. And you're very good at, at selling yourself there because I just immediately, after the last one, went off and, and bought uh, online the Kit Tolliver uh, stuff. Which is quite oh, wonderful. A that, yeah. That's what we that's what we were aiming for, Roger. <laughs> and and this is is somewhat somewhat different from your your normal stuff because uh, it sounds and feels like the Pulp Fiction and the cover on this thing is absolutely drop dead gorgeous in terms of that classic late fifties early sixties pulp uh, uh, gold medal original thirty five cent paperback style. Is, isn't it a beautiful cover? Uh, Hard Crazed Crime published uh, the book Getting Off, and the, the various chapters, the, the Kit Tolliver stories, are, are all uh, from that, uh, that novel. And, uh, Hard Case always does extraordinary covers. Yeah. And I don't know if they are original from something else, but they look like they're done especially for that. And are they current? Are they, oh. are they brand new? Oh, a absolutely. They're uh, they're done for hard case commissions, uh, cover paintings from uh, sensational artists, and and that's the result. They pay a a lot of attention to packaging. In yeah. fact, uh, a more recent book of mine from hard case, uh, the girl with the deep blue eyes, has a terrific cover on it also, which was the the last uh, work of uh, of the artist Glenn Orbeck, who was uh, ill at the time and and did this final painting as a as a favor uh, uh before he he did uh die far too young yeah 
when when you are writing serious characters and and uh, going through them, is it easier to have a series of them and shift from one to the other if you get tired of writing Scudder, you, you go off and write a Bernie uh, or uh, one of the other ones and come back to it? Does it keep you fresh in all of them? Well, n- <clears throat> nothing keeps me fresh at this age, Roger. <laughs> uh, and it, as, as far as, as getting, uh, getting tired of it, it, it isn't quite that. It's a question of... Uh, you know, is there a, a book I feel like writing? And if I, if there is, and if I, if I think there's something that I can do and can bring some uh, something uh, to the table with, uh, then I write that. So um, it, it's um, as far as my series are concerned, all of them uh, have felt complete for a while now. The most recent series book I did was Hit Me, which was the fifth book about Keller. And that's been that's several years ago at this point, uh, probably uh, four years anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, then no, then after that I did one uh, Bernie Rodenbar book. But um, this the series all feel complete to me. This doesn't mean I won't write further books in them because uh, one thing I've learned in that respect is. Uh, is never to say never. Uh, sometimes something will turn out to work, but I uh, will just have to see. I, okay. I take it uh, very much a day at a time and a book at a time. Now you did come back to uh, Evan Tanner after a long absence, and and cleverly had him suspended in suspended animation during that time to explain why he was still the same age. I thought that was clever. Thank you, thank you. It was uh, in fact when I realized that. Uh, when that option occurred to me, that was when I decided to do the book. That was a book called Tanner on Ice, which I believe came out in 1998, 28 years after the preceding volume in the series. So when people ask if there will be another uh, Tanner book, I say that, uh, you know, uh, possibly in uh, uh, 2026, but uh, not before that. Because it's it's clear to me that Evan Tanner has the life cycle of a cicada. Ah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a it's a great model to have. It it keeps you long, young for a long time. It does. Um, it does. It does. Reading hit me. Um, Keller has a fascinating um, hobby as as a, a philatelist, uh, and I understand you share that hobby. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, Keller and I both collected stamps in our our youth and uh, and returned to it in later years. And I know you put out some special philatelic issues of Hit Me and the other books with tipped-in glossy color shots of the stamps that are in question in the story, which I also understand are from your collection. Yeah, that, that well, some of them are from my collection. Some of them are, uh, you know, Keller can afford because he has uh, larger discretionary income than I do. <laughs> but uh, yes, I, I did do a couple of special editions, which were great fun. Yeah. I think the thing that intrigues me, and I, I'm a numismatist, so I am parallel to, to your philatelist, is that the, whether it's stamps or coins, some of the most interesting ones come with stories behind them. And just this little piece of oh. paper, this little metal, can give a whole wonderful story. Oh, absolutely. What do you collect? 
I, I, I collect small minor coins of all the countries of the world, trying to get examples of all of them. And they keep changing. Which oh, is nice. wow. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Do you have a focus in your collection, or are you just going in all directions at once? Well, it's pre-1940 uh, uh, worldwide. Mm-hmm. I, I know you've, you've mentioned in, in some of the Keller books that some of them are from temporary states or, or states that never got recognized or rebel provinces or these uh, unusual. For some reason, those kinds of coins interest me as well, the, the, the short-lived ones. Oh, sure. As you said, a story that goes with it that makes it interesting. Yeah. Incidentally, can you mentioned the newsletter uh, very early on, and can I put in a plug for that? Now? Absolutely. I, I think I should let listeners know that they can subscribe to it. All they need to do is send a blank email with newsletter in the uh, header to lawbloc at gmail dot com. That'll do it. And uh, you know, if it becomes aggravating, it's really easy to unsubscribe. I have to say it warms the cockles of my heart when it comes in. I go, oh, here it comes again. And and that, I think we dropped out just a second there, but I think it's 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 Lawrence Block spelled out. As I think the K dropped when, when you said it earlier. No, no, no. I said it right. It's L-A-W-B-L-O-C. Oh, no K. At gmail.com. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Well, see, I'm glad, I'm glad we cleared that up because I, I would have. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. When uh, and also we should mention lawrenceblock.com is is the website and many fine things can be found on that. Thank you. Yes, um, an assistant keeps that up for me, and I blog uh, with um, not great frequency, but as often as I can get to it. Yeah. What what kind of topic? What's interesting you now? What do you what do you what do you find yourself being intrigued by in the world? Gee, I don't know. I've I've been busy with an awful lot of business type things. Um, I've been uh, republishing a whole host of uh, early books under the rubric, uh, or is rubric the white word? I don't think it is. Under the banner of (laughs) Classic Crime Library, which now runs to about 15 volumes. And at present, they're ebook only, but the enthusiasm for them is such that I think I'm going to do most of them as paperbacks as well. Oh, and right. I've and I've got a project that's that's very exciting that I won't self-publish. It's going it's going to be done with Pegasus Press, and it's an anthology that uh, I conceived of and and am editing, and it's uh, the title is In Sunlight or in Shadow, and it's a book in which um, a host of uh, top writers each select a painting by Edward Hopper and write a story inspired by it. Just, Did you do the one for the Nighthawks? Uh, the Nighthawks is uh, actually Michael Connolly wrote uh-huh. a terrific story about that which uh, for us. Yeah. And other contributors include, uh, these are all original stories for the book, other contributors include Joyce Carol Oates, Robert Olin Butler, Stephen King, Lee Child, Megan Abbott, Joe Lansdale, more, more than I uh, can name right now. But it, it's going to be a terrific book, and it should be coming in the fall. 
I will put my order in in advance or something like that. That sounds a great deal of fun. Is it interesting to come to come back as the as the sort of an editor or assemblage uh, collecting these stories as an anthologist uh, from as different from your other writing? Well, the illusion when you decide to front an anthology and and everything is the idea is that is my goodness here I won't have to write and I'll I'll um, make some money without writing <laughs> and actually it winds up being about. 20 times as much work as just sitting down and writing a book, and one doesn't make a great deal from it. But uh, it's enormously satisfying. I find it extremely satisfying. In this particular uh, case, Roger, uh, the premise was such that virtually every writer that I invited uh, to participate jumped at it, including people like uh, you know Stephen King and Michael Connolly, who who have no spare time at all, but uh, but still liked Hopper so much and liked the premise so much that they uh, they agreed to participate. Somehow, I have the feeling that uh, that when Lawrence Block calls, people will take the call. Well, that that may be. I certainly had entree to them to that degree. But even so, when you ask somebody to uh, to write a story, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, too much who you are. The 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 uh, these are writers who don't do an awful lot of of work that way, especially since uh, you know there was precious little financial incentive in it for them. But uh, they they really like the premise. It's an interesting thing about Edward Hopper. He's the favorite painter of an awful lot of people, and that seems to include really predominant number of both readers and writers. There's a narrative quality about uh, Hopper's work, but you can't call him a narrative painter because his sto- his paintings don't tell stories so much as they suggest there's a story to be told. And that's really what made this work. That That is an interesting uh, observation because when I look at something like Nighthawk, I, I think there's a, a, a slice, a, 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 something caught where you can feel the movement that's off screen or off the moment that uh, the freeze frame when they go back into motion. That feels, and it somehow has a certain realism to it, you know. It's a, uh, whether he does urban or rural, it's pretty sparse and it, there's a lot of room for imagination in it. Exactly. Exactly. The uh, the viewer gets to participate. Uh, did 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 you do a story for the for the volume? I did. I did one based on the painting called Automat. Ah, uh, I could. I just love the title by itself. And unfortunately, Horn and Hart aren't, aren't around anymore. But uh, no, no, but they are in the story. <laughs> and that's one aspect of, of of work like this, as you can revive beloved. Uh, institutions from the past and make them live again yeah it was it was fun i don't do a lot of period writing but in this instance um you know i uh, the story that came to me was certainly set back in the oh late 20s or early 30s i guess it was yeah yeah well why did the idea to to pick uh, Hopper's paintings as a uh, as an inspiration come to you? Did uh, you sit down and look at something and said, "Hey, I bet you"? No, I I don't know where it came from. Uh, okay. uh, same as in uh, ideas in fiction. I don't I don't know where they come from, and I'm just delighted when they do. 
<laughs> that is right. Uh, you were well known for uh, for all all of these these wonderful characters, but when it comes to creating a character, you write something. What triggers the fact that hey, I can write again about this character? Well, that's hard to know. Um, with most of uh, my series, were not conceived as series. Keller, for example, started off as one short story. And a year or more later, it struck me that I might might like to do another story about him. And that has led to five books in total. With uh, Bernie Rodenbar, I wrote one book, and I liked the voice of the character so much that it occurred to me to write a second book. Matthew Scudder was uh, intentionally a series. When I sat down to do the first book, I had the uh, uh, even a contract in place for three books. So I knew Matthew Scudder was going to be a series. I had no idea it would be a series that would run to uh, 17 or 18 books and uh, continue for something like 40 years. So so these things can uh, surprise you. And there was another case, uh, famously, of a book called The Specialist, which was conceived of as the first book in the series. And when I finished it, I realized that uh, I didn't want to write more about them, and that <laughs> I, I aborted it there. So uh, uh, my agent at the time was astonished. He said, I thought this was going to be a series. And I said, well, I thought so, too. We were both wrong. And he said, he said again, I thought this was going to be a series. And I said, well, why don't you just think of it as a one-book series so that we can get out of this conversation? So I've, I've gone on to build the book, which I, I just uh, just republished in the classic crime library, as a, you know, a one-book series. I love that. That's, a, that's the, the part of dealing with authors that I find most enjoying is the fact that ideas are always sparking and that there's a certain how shall we say it, cleverness with language that appeals to everybody. <laughs> well, thank you. Obviously, things are going well for you. You're republishing some of your old uh, stuff. You're, you're writing a few new things. You look out and say, do I want to write a final novel for my series characters, or have I already done so? No, I don't, I don't like to think in those terms. I don't... Um... I, I just don't, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I can't rule out the possibility in any of the series that I might do another, uh -huh. but uh, and neither do I rule it in. I know Agatha Christie very interestingly wrote uh, final books for both uh, Miss Marple and Hercule Poirot, uh, wrote them quite a while before she wrote, she wrote them and set them aside to be published posthumously. And then she went on to write other books about both characters uh, in, in her remaining years. And then the, uh, the books did come out after her death, and both were very successful. But um, while I find that an interesting and even admirable move on uh, Christie's part, it's not something I uh, would want to do. For one thing, I can't imagine writing anything and not publishing it as quickly as I possibly could. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And, for, and from a fan point of view, something, you know, having the fact that the character might be out there somewhere doing something, um, still, you know, Sherlock Holmes even, as many pastiches have been written yeah. in, 
and uh, those characters never die. They they always go right, on. right. We like the idea that they go on if if, if we've been with them. I know Nicholas Freeling, uh, who wrote a series of books set in Amsterdam about a police inspector named Vandervalk, rather arbitrarily uh, killed him in, in one book for no goddamn reason at all, except that I guess Freeling had decided he was tired of writing about him. And fans revolted. His, his books after that just did not sell terribly well because fans put, took it personally. They thought, you, you son of a bitch, you can't do this. And they... Uh, they that was the end of them, as far as they were concerned. Wow! As a, as opposed to Sherlock Holmes, where they they made Doyle re, you know, find him after Reichenbach Falls and survived all of that, and write books forever until he retired him as a beekeeper someplace in Surrey, but uh, or Sussex. I can't remember which one. It was an S word, anyway. Any of your characters mirror you at all? Uh, probably all do one way or another, you know, none, none directly, but I think any successful character one writes, uh, even whether it's a viewpoint character or not, is uh, an aspect of oneself, and that includes the bad guys and, and, and everybody else. Uh, the, the viewpoint characters certainly are aspects of self. They're, uh, they're the person I would be if I were that person. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't I certainly don't think any of the characters I've written is uh, is particularly autobiographical. Uh -huh. Well, you you sound it, it, you've got best of both worlds. You you write what you want when you want, and you're also right in there doing the business and and making sure that it's all exploited properly. Those are kind of two different aspects of your character, I guess. Well, yes, but they they both derive from the two great motivating sources, forces that keep me going. And those, of course, are ego and avarice. <laughs> two of my favorite characters, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I, sh I should ask, do you have a favorite deadly sin, as long as I'm... I'm... <laughs> uh, the one I most aspire to is sloth, but I, uh -oh. uh, I don't quite have the hang of it yet. Uh, all, all right. Is there anything, you've been interviewed so many times by, by people, uh, is there any question you've always wanted somebody to ask that we never have asked you? Not that I can think of offhand. If there, if there ever is, I generally find a way to sneak it into the conversation anyway. <laughs> All right. What should people most, would surprise them most to know about you? Well, I'm, I'm really a lesbian. <laughs> Well, let me call me alert the media on that one right now. We'll, <laughs> it's, it, we'll get you on the equivalent of Jerry Springer uh, right away uh, on that. Fair enough. All right. Um, you have been most generous with your time today. Is if, I want to make sure there isn't anything that I have not touched on that you would like to make sure our, our listeners know about. I can't think of it. Uh, well, then, thank you so much for your time. And as a fan, for all the wonderful writing, all the wonderful years. Well, thank you very much, Roger. This was fun. All right. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Modern Sign Books on Blog Talk Radio with book specialist Roger Nichols. Be sure to check us out at modernsignbooks.blogspot.com.